NPS I Love You is a weekly customer success podcast for people who know that CS is about more than just churn and upsells. It's about people. I'm your host, Ben Wynn, and my goal with this show is to give you powerful insights that'll improve your life and the lives of your customers. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the very last episode of NPS I Love You, season one. Very excited to welcome you to the last episode. It is also not only the last episode, but it's the first episode that I am doing solo. Um, the reason I wanted to do this last one solo is not solely because I'm an e egomaniac um, and need to be the center of attention. That's definitely part of it. But the, uh, the bigger reason is because I wanted to take this as an opportunity to reflect back on the last year of running this podcast, what it's been like. And I know that many of you have thought about running your own podcasts and going on podcasts and using them as a marketing strategy or as a community building strategy. And so I thought I'd talk a little bit about you know, why we launched it, what went well, what I don't think went so hot that we can do better, my favorite episode, plans for season two, all that good kind of stuff, and give you some really good takeaways and sort of wrap up the year in a, a nice little bow. To kick things off, um, why we launched this podcast in the first place. It wasn't a, a super easy decision because, as some of you might know who, who run your own podcast, it takes time and it takes budget. And for those of you who are at early stage startups, you have a million things on your plate that you need to do. And making time to not only record every week, but at the start, and I was doing this solo, I didn't have people helping me book, helping me create outlines, helping me find great guests, helping me with all the logistics. Um, I just had an editor. And so, you know, it was a lot of work to, to get off the ground. But the reason that we chose to, to do it as a team was that we thought there was a real opportunity to get CS people on a podcast and talk about things that weren't quite what's already being talked about on other CS podcasts. There are some great CS podcasts out there if you're looking for really specific strategies for, you know, churn prevention, expansion, that sort of thing. Um, but my fascination has always been with people. And so I thought there was a real opportunity to talk more about the human side of customer success and dig deeper in, into that sort of thing, which also fits in well as sort of the ethos of, of Catalyst and, and what we're all about. The other side was marketing, plain and simple. Um, you know, we were in a virtual world. I started working at Catalyst at the very start of the pandemic. I was actually surprised they didn't pull my offer when the pandemic hit because it hit right before I signed. But, you know, we're looking to engage people remotely around, across the country, around the world. And a podcast is a great way to reach people and communicate with people and, and grow your brand presence and all that great stuff. Um, and to get more specific and, and transparent, which, again, core value catalyst, um, it's a great excuse to meet people. You know, if we want to talk to a certain company or we think we want to partner with a certain company on a, on a certain project or we eventually want to sell into a company, um, you know, it's a great thing to be able to reach out and say, hey, we have the number one CS podcast out there. We'd love to feature you as a guest. And it gives us an opportunity to start building a relationship with them, learn more about them, learn about their team, learn whether there might be a fit for our partnership down the road. Um, so there were a lot of those that are potential positive outcomes that uh, we wanted to pursue. And uh, we accomplished many of them. So that was sort of the, the initial reason we launched it. And it was a slog, especially at first. It's difficult when you're only getting sort of a trickle of, of guests and you're trying to make a big splash as, as much as you can. We started with Edward, uh, who is the CEO of Catalyst, Edward Chu. And that was actually my favorite episode of the whole season, which seems ridiculous because we've had 45 incredible guests as of today come on the show and talk about everything from negotiation to mind reading to um, CS growth strategies to whether or not getting an MBA is a good idea. 
we've had tons of guests come on from all walks of life. And I've been able, privileged to talk to CEOs and founders and FBI agents. But still, I go back to that first episode. And in my mind, that just stands out as the best episode because we had no idea what we were doing. Uh, I got to sit down with Edward and have just a really uh, frank and open discussion. And it was shortly after uh, his brother, Kevin, our co-founder and COO, had just uh, been recovering from COVID. And that episode turned out to be one of our most popular ones even now, after 45. When I look back at the analytics, it was really authentic, really human. And it's something that actually a lot of candidates have cited as reasons they've applied or chosen to work at Catalyst. So going back to some of the reasons why it's really advantageous to launch a podcast, great recruitment tool. That hadn't even been on my mind uh, when we talked about starting it. But every single candidate, almost every single candidate that has joined Catalyst has listened to our podcast episodes and talks about the impact of hearing Edward's episode, Sydney Strader, our head of CS, her episode, The Feelings Flywheel, another amazing one, as one of the reasons they've joined the company. It's one of those things that I think everyone would like to do, but often at companies, it can be hard to justify doing certain activities because, you know, I can't see who listened to a podcast and then went to Catalyst and then requested a demo. Like, that's not something that I'm getting a feed from. And so it's really anecdotal and it can be difficult at some companies to justify the return on investment, um, especially if you're wanting to do it very professionally and you need to buy equipment and, and pay a fee per episode to a production company or to an editor. So I'll try to give you as much as much data and specifics as I can to help you make the case, because I think it's a really fantastic thing for companies and people to, to put out. So that was my, my favorite episode with, with Edward, and that was why I think it was so great thinking about one of the things that I, I wish, you know, we'd done better this year. We had guests from a really wide ranging background, um, different fields, different roles. Um, I played with different formats over the course of the season. Some episodes were, you know, heavily not scripted, but I'd sent all the questions in advance and the guests had written down all their answers and was sort of reading them. And, you know, we had a whole really different uh, experience across the board with each episode. And, you know, I think it was great in, in terms of experimentation. Uh, but what I felt is that the podcast was a little bit all over the place. I think that it was hard to, if, if you were asked to describe NPS, I love you to someone, uh, it, it might have been a bit difficult. It was definitely difficult for me. And if the host is having a hard time describing exactly what an episode is and why you should listen and what you're going to get out of it, I think, you know, that's that's a problem. And so I, I'm excited because now we're taking sort of all the learnings from this year and we've honed them into a really clear, you know, mission and vision for what the podcast is and what it's going to become. So I think if you're starting a podcast or you're thinking about starting a podcast, it's good to have a hypothesis, right? So my hypothesis for this season was, I think that there's a an opportunity in this space to sort of fill a gap where people want to hear from CS leaders and startup leaders, but not necessarily about, you know, the tactics and, and the strategies that they're doing. They want to hear more about them as people. And I think that held up to be true. But then what I hadn't anticipated was all the ways that these episodes could be hosted and run and organized and planned for. You know, I mentioned before we overplanned at the start. And lately, a lot of the recent episodes you know, I've been really winding that down. And now I'll send a couple topics and a couple prompts, but I'm not giving people this really robust list of here's all the exact questions I'm going to ask you in this exact order. You know, if I had it my way, I probably wouldn't send anything at all. I'd just be like, hey, let's let's go on a podcast and chat. But I'm not Joe Rogan. I can't take three and a half hours to <laughs> record with people. None of my guests have that kind of time, or at least can make that kind of time for this podcast. But 
you know, maybe, maybe one day we'll get there. Some of the other things I've learned that, you know, I, I want to take a step to go back on, and I know some of you may have not have listened to every single episode, but, um, you know, we, we've had some fantastic guests, and, and so I wanted to share some of the key learnings that have stuck out to me in terms of, you know, what I've taken away, specific learnings that I, they, that I apply. Going back to what I mentioned before, Sydney Strader's episode, she's our head of customer success. I'd never had that sort of conversation with a coworker before, where she talked about hitting rock bottom being hospitalized, going through a divorce, you know, going from being the vice president of customer success at a major company to being a CSM and then working her way back up. What other format sort of gives you the opportunity to have those conversations? Unless you're getting really drunk with your colleagues all the time, which, you know, it's not the tech bubble anymore. We're, we might be in a bubble, but we're a mature bubble now, or at least that's what I'm telling myself. You know, it's rare to get those sorts of discussions and have the excuse to, to sort of set work aside and have those sort of raw discussions with colleagues. Um, so that was something that I really admired about her. And I saw the strength in that vulnerability. And that's something that I try to take with me everywhere I go now. It's really proven to be a strong, one of her biggest strengths as a, as a leader on top of all her mad CS skills. Uh, another was uh, Daniel Chait, who's the CEO of Greenhouse. Uh, his episode really stood out to me because I started with one of the weirdest icebreakers that I thought was a good idea. And then in the moment was like, this is a weird question to ask him, but he tweeted out a list of strange foods that he'd eaten. And so I searched up a list of weird foods. And then I asked him on the podcast, which he'd eaten and which he hadn't. Maybe not the best icebreaker um, to ask, especially like a CEO and founder you look up to, but uh, great sense of humor. It was, it was a really fun episode. And one of the biggest takeaways I took from there was I asked him what his biggest hiring mistake was that he ever made. And what he said was, the biggest mistake I made was having pressure to fill a seat and hiring a candidate that was good enough for the role, but I felt in my gut wasn't the right fit. He knew someone wouldn't be a fit, but there was all that board pressure. They needed someone in that role. There was pressure from the team. And so he caved and hired someone that his gut was telling him wasn't quite the right fit, um, but he needed to fill the seat. And that was his biggest hiring mistake. And that stuck with me all year long and will stay with me forever because the more we've been hiring and growing, the more I've been in these hiring discussions and I've started to see exactly what he means. There's pressure from, you know, upper management, there's pressure from colleagues, there's pressure from investors. You need to hire great people and hiring is very difficult, especially now. And so you feel that pressure to just, okay, this person could be good enough, like maybe they'll grow into the role or that sort of thing. But it's a mistake I will I will never make again either. It's it's important to listen to your intuition. It's important to hire people that are perfect for the role because in the grand scheme of things, an extra month, month or two of searching is not going to make or break your company. Um, but hiring the wrong person is a long-term commitment and it's a very deep hole to dig yourself out of. Whereas hiring that right person just unlocks a world of opportunity and will get your company that much farther, that much faster. So that's one of the other key takeaways that uh, that I think about. Another key takeaway that I loved from an episode was Lindsay Etoff, who, who uh, is from Mural, and she just spoke about it. We even titled it the episode because it was one of my favorite kind of thoughts. Every day is a reset. I think that's something that I need to remind myself of more. I think all of us that are really putting in that grind at early stage, even growth stage startups, you know, I keep calling Catalyst early stage, but we're a Series B growth, growth company. Every day is a reset thinking that way. She talked about how she built these new kind of healthy habits. 
I built many unhealthy habits through COVID-19. But, um, you know, she spoke about sort of waking up every day and every you, a habit always starts somewhere, right? You need to think about that as something where you're not all of a sudden going to be in the middle of a habit. It takes starting with one day and then doing it the next day. And then over time, you build up those habits. And just thinking of that perspective where each day is a new opportunity to get better, to build something new, to fix a problem, to start something that's going to be a positive trend in your life. There's never a better day to start than today. And that's something that I forget often because I'm just so in the weeds with everything that, that I'm doing, as I'm sure many of you are as well. This podcast has been therapeutic. It's an option. It's a way for me to take a step back and take a break from answering emails and take a break from being in meetings and writing to talk about some bigger picture stuff, reflect on what's going on. And that helps me be more creative and more productive at work. Another episode I really loved was our debate episode with uh, Shari Shrebnik and Alex Farmer. I love controversy. I love arguing. I'm absolutely always the devil's advocate. Um, my family hates it. The last time I said, if I can play devil's advocate here, my dad just went, really? And <laughs> didn't. I let that one slide. But for those of you who do love conflict, again, this was a fantastic episode because customer success people... I mean, most people in general, I like to think I have a pretty optimistic view of the world, but customer success people specifically are so prone to agreeing and getting along and finding common ground. That is one of our biggest strengths. So it gave me so much pleasure to foster anger, not anger, but let's say controversy and debate between um, two uh, wonderful, amazing people, Alex and Shari, who debated, you know, what matters more subject matter, matter expertise and versus core customer success skills. Um, they both made some amazing points. I have to admit, I'm a little more on Sherry's camp, and I'm more about those core CS skills. Anyone with the right work ethic can pretty much do any job, though I won't be going into surgery or anything like that anytime soon. Another key takeaway I wanted to talk about today and share was from Anthony Coppage, who's leading Agile Transformation for the 5,000-person organization at IBM, who's one of the most brilliant and, and, and humble guys I got to have on the on the show. One of the key takeaways I took from his, my conversation with him it was a quote that he said, and I, I, <laughs> I can't remember if this was an original quote or if he took this from someone else. So uh, I'm just going to pretend it was him. Um, he said that uh, he's not hired for what he knows. He's hired for how he knows it. And I loved that because, you know, we were talking about how and, and he's creating all these frameworks. He's creating assets. You see this in the CS community all the time. People create templates and they give away things. And I just thought it was such a beautiful, simple way to think about why we should be happy to give away anything and everything that we've created. You know, we're not hired because, you know, we have this own little, our proprietary vault of information. If you've written, you know, code, but even with code, it's like engineers are the, are the go-to like open source people. They believe in that. So it's, you know, there's ever, rarely ever instances where you should be guarding things secretly. I think the more that you give away, you know, the more people will know you, the more people, the more relationships you'll build, the more you're helping other people. And ultimately, that's going to do nothing except benefit you because people will look at what you, not what you know, but they'll look at, wow, they figured out that problem. They solved that problem. They were able to accomplish these results. I want to hire them or I want to work with them because they figured out this problem or they came up with this really cool idea. They're not going to hire you because you have this super secret way to reduce churn that nobody knows about. That's going to get you nowhere. Um, so I really love the way that Anthony put it around, you know, not being hired for what you know, but hired for how you know it. I think an another 
uh, I wanted to highlight was Cairo Amani, uh, who's the, the founder of Thrive Network, which is a, a community for women in CS in New York. Um, she's heading up CX uh, customer experience at Cutback Coach. And one of the things I took away from that one, I was really interested in because through COVID, I'm sure I'm not the only one who has um, seen an increase in personal consumption of alcohol. And, you know, it's something that I'm conscious of. Uh, it's something I try to always maintain a rel relatively, you know, healthy lifestyle uh, in terms of going to the gym, gym, eating relatively healthy food, um, you know, not over drinking. But during COVID, I mean, there were a lot of hard days. And there still are today. I moved from Toronto down to New York two and a half months ago. Um, it's, you know, it's a city three times the cost of living, cross-border. I almost got thrown in jail at the border. That's probably another story. But, you know, it was a very hard, stressful move. And even today, I mean, my alcohol consumption has definitely been higher this year than in previous years. And it's not unhealthy, but I was really interested in talking with Cairo because her whole company, it's, it's uh, a tool that's helping people cut back on how much they're drinking. And, you know, I want to always be keeping a close eye on, on what I'm consuming and making sure that I'm not using it as a crutch, that I'm, you know, using it to relax a little bit and unwind is fine, but sort of hearing and discussing with her around what is that line, what's healthy, what's not healthy, um, was really helpful. So, I mean, I wanted to share that. And, and even though it's not necessarily directly CS related, I might not even look the best on me. I think that's something that's important to share that I was fortunate enough to be able to take away from that episode. I'll share one of my favorite tips, which was from when we had Jack Schaefer on. Um, Edward Chu, our CEO, actually in, uh, interviewed him. So Jack Schaefer is a psychologist, um, an FBI special agent. He's a professor. He's an author of several great books, The Like Switch and, and others. The Truth Detector is his newest book. I definitely recommend it. One of the best tips I took away from him, which was really uh, a tactic we can all use, was this idea of using presumptive statements. So for example, instead of asking somebody, what kind of budget do you have available um, to pay for a customer success platform? If we ask that, they're probably going to say, you know, we have, I don't know, X amount. We don't have much budget or we've got, I don't know, 10K or whatever, whatever the number is they, they put out there. They're going to give you not the real number. They're going to give you something low and they're going to, you know, they're prepping for a negotiation. But one of the ways to, uh, in order to get to, to get the truth and find out what their actual budget is, would be with one of these presumptive statements. So instead of asking, you know, what kind of budget they have available, saying, well, from what I'm hearing or from, you know, what I've been seeing in your business and how things have been trending, I'm assuming that you really don't have much of a budget for customer success software right now. And then what that's going to do is the other person is going to be inherently inclined to either correct or uh, affirm your statement. So they might say, yeah, you know, our revenue has been down, COVID has been really hard, so we don't have much of a budget, you know, the mo you know, we might have X or Y to pay for it. Or they're going to be compelled to correct you and they're going to say, oh, no, 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 we, we had a great year, we did really well, we have all this stuff. Okay, great. Well, this is great. Our, our platform is X amount. Um, and so it's a great way to sort of elicit the truth from someone. So that's one of the tactical ones I wanted to share today. It's something you can take away and, and use every day on customers, on spouses. Uh, it works really well. Fortunately, my husband does not listen to this podcast. I hope you're enjoying this episode, by the way. I mean, I wanted to share these. I think they're really interesting, but, uh, you know, there have been so many things I want to take away from, from this last season. Um, so I hope you're enjoying some of these takeaways. I want to share a couple more with you just in case you didn't listen to every episode or you want to be reminded of some of the best parts of it. You know, A Bath Time Epiphany was one of our great episodes. Jamie Buss is the senior VP of sales at Zendesk. She's an incredible speaker and thinker and, and leader. And, you know, she talked about 
um, family and this moment she had with with her child in the bath who, you know, she was sort of keeping one eye on them and she was also texting and working at the same time. And I think they splashed her with water and she got upset with them. But she talked about realizing in that moment, like, what am I doing? My child is going to be in bed in 30 minutes and I can I can work later this evening if I need to get it done tonight. But this time with them is so limited and, and it's all that I have. Um, so I need to make the most of this. And, and from there, then on, that was sort of an epiphany for her um, in terms of establishing these you know, healthier routines for figuring out the balance between work and, and family. And while I don't have a toddler, thankfully, for, for me right now, um, I love toddlers. I love other people's kids. For me, it's still a lesson because I do have family and it's, it's so easy to overwork. I think for so many of us that care a lot about what we do and we enjoy what we do, like it's so easy to not work at a job that you hate. Like any of us that have worked jobs before, like it's so easy to tune out, forget about it. You go home eh, who cares? I'll get it done. Like, but if you enjoy what you're doing every day, it is very difficult to turn that switch off and say, no, I'm going to actively choose to spend time with my family instead. It's an important lesson and it's an important reminder. And I think we talk about these things a lot. And, and some of you might be rolling your eyes because you know, we talk so much about mental health and work-life balance, and these words have almost started to lose meaning. But no matter what, it's something that if we don't keep talking about, we're going to forget about and acknowledge that it's it's a challenge. Like, I think that it can even be difficult for my partner to understand sometimes why I'm working at 8 or 9 p.m., which isn't every night. You know, it might be a, a night or two a week if there's something critical that I need to get done. But I, I know that all many of you will understand that as well, where it's, it's not, oh, I have to work, I have to get this done it's, you know, I'm really enjoying this and I'm excited about it and I want to get it done. So I'm going to put in this time. And it's very difficult to choose not to do something that you love doing to do something else that hopefully you also love, but making that time for, for family and for friends and for other commitments so that you're, um, you're not losing out. We're going to look back in a few years and wish that you'd spent more time um, with other people. I know I keep shouting out members of the Catalyst team, but uh, I swear it's not intentional. I just really love the people I work with. I need to shout out Kyle Clark for his episode as well on onboarding and implementation. Um, he's done an incredible job building out, you know, getting Catalyst to that number one spot for implementation quality on G2. The reason I wanted to shout out Kyle is because he had this quote in his episode where he said, one of the keys to our success and to my approach is to focus on customers, not competitors. And I think that stands true for us as a company but also us as individuals. And when I say us, I don't necessarily mean Catalyst. I mean you, me, everybody I, I know and work with in the startup space. If you're in a company growth stage, like it's easy to look at what other comp competitors are doing and try to one-up them or you know maybe get discouraged because they're doing bigger, better things or they're moving forward faster. But if that takes away from you focusing on your customers, you, that's going to have horrible ramifications. And in the long term, that's going to impact you negatively. And the same thing could be said on a personal level we're all friendly in, in the tech space, but I'm sure there are people that you compete with or you look up to or people who, you know, got certain roles or, or in certain roles at other companies where, you know, you could do a better job than they could or things like that. You know, we all have those thoughts. But again, if you if you take too much time to focus on what other people are doing, that's just going to take away from what you are doing. Um, and ultimately, it's going to negatively impact you. So again, it's it's so important to remind yourself to be focused on the things that are critical to you and sort of blocking out 
all the noise. I think being able to sort out what is signal and what is noise, what is something I should be focusing on and what are things that I should be just letting fall into the background is, is such an important practice. And I think that's something that I've gotten personally a lot better at over the last couple of years, growing my career and trying to do different things. Uh, as I've figured out more about what I like doing, what I don't like doing, you know, I've gotten better at figuring out what do I want to tune out? Who do I want to tune out? What do I want to focus on? Where is my time best spent in terms of, of focus and how is it going to help me grow my career and, and help me help the people around me? But it's been a very conscious practice. And I think I'm lucky in terms of, you know, the space that we work in, we really care about each other's mental health and supporting each other and each other's successes. You know, that, that's a conscious practice. And so I think for, for many of us, it, it might be good to check in with yourself and see if you're kind of stuck in that zone of comparing yourself to others and paying attention to others. Is it distracting you? Is it taking you out of your day to day? Is it causing you to have, you know, is it causing a negative mood? It's sort of like your posture, right? Like you can catch yourself. Like I'm sure all of you have those moments where you're like, what the f is my back doing right now? Where you realize you've been sitting in the worst posture ever for like 45 minutes. Then you straighten up, right? And then an hour later, you're in that shitty posture again. And then you straighten up. It's the exact same thing, right? It's about conscious. And then over time, you get better. And sooner or later, you have this great posture. Um, and it's the same practice when it comes to tuning out other people. It's, you know, catching yourself in the moment. Are you comparing yourself to someone else? Um, in a negative way. Are you in a bad mood? Why are you in a bad mood? Is it because you saw someone else's success? Well, that can't be healthy. So, you know, catching yourself in those moments and on those thoughts and then taking action based on that and saying, nope, blocking out that, focusing on this. And then a few hours later, catching yourself again. Nope, not focused on that, focused on this. I think that's an, a really important thing to continually work at and build into your day to day. It really has had such an immensely positive impact on me. And I still slip up constantly. I still compare myself to to other people and other companies and, you know, but I like to think at least it's moving towards a more positive. I mean, even this podcast is a great example. I saw people posting about, you know, oh, we hit our 50,000 download mark, 100,000 download mark. Some of these major podcasts I listen to have, you know, a million listeners per episode. But, you know, we're at, I think, 13,000, 14,000 downloads now. Like, we're doing great. It's been a year. We've had 14,000 people listen to this podcast. Like, it's pretty amazing. And so, you know, it's always important to re reflect on your own successes and, and sort of the journey along the way and not be so focused on what I'm doing is never good enough. It's good to have a little bit of that, I think, because it keeps you motivated. <laughs> if you think your stuff is too good, then you might, you know, become lazy and then you won't move forward as, as quickly as you want. That was the, I think, the last, the last key insight I wanted to share. I mean, I think the overall podcasts are amazing. They're a great place to learn. I've learned so much um, we've had so much value from this podcast over the last year, you know, for me personally, but but for Catalyst as a company. And, you know, I strongly encourage all of you to think about, you know, starting your own podcast. Definitely, you know, do a competitive analysis. We don't need more of the same, but we need new and different podcasts, new and different personalities, diverse podcast hosts. We need all of that. So um, think about it. And if it's something that you you want to pursue, my door is always open, proverbially, or at least uh, virtually. You can send me an email at ben at getcatalyst.io. The last thing I'll leave you with today, I want to share a couple updates. We are going to be starting season two in just a couple of weeks at the exact one year mark of the launch of our very first episode. We'll be taking a break for two weeks, so you won't be seeing any new episodes for a couple of weeks, but hopefully we'll see you back in mid-September with our brand new season. Um, we've got some incredible guests. Um, we've got a new format to the episodes that I think is just going to be sort of a breath of fresh air. It'll be really consistent across the whole season. And we're going to dive deeper into some of that 
storytelling, learnings, vulnerability, all the fun stuff that we don't get to talk about every day. Um, I don't want to have to be drunk to have a deep conversation with someone. And, you know, this podcast is a great way to do that. So um, while that isn't my official pitch, you know, this next season is going to have some really, um, some really great updates that I think we'll, we'll, you'll all really enjoy. If you do want to be on the podcast, um, we do have a wait list, but I love getting pitches and our new season is going to focus, like I said, much more on storytelling. So if you have a really compelling story, something you think people could learn from, something you're excited to share, something maybe you've never shared before. Um, so we're, I have some of my guests coming on the next season who are going to be telling stories they've never publicly shared. That kind of stuff is amazing. And that's the kind of stuff that I live for. So um, please reach out. The worst that can happen is it's a, it's a no or a not right now. Um, but if you don't ask, it's always a no. That is uh, something that I, I live by, which is why I'm always asking people for everything. <laughs> and I also get a lot of no's, but um, that's completely fine. I hope you enjoyed today's sort of wrap up for the whole season. It's been so amazing having your support, having you continue listen, share episodes. Like the, if you weren't, then I wouldn't be able to do this every week. And this is often the highlight of my week. So the more you listen, the more you share, the more you leave reviews. I love your reviews, um, especially on Apple Podcasts. Um, the more guests, the more budget, the more, you know, awesome things I can do with the show. Maybe we can even have multiple shows. There are so many things that we want to do. Um, and it's because of all of you that I've been able to do that. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. And I am excited to see you back in two weeks uh, or so to deliver an even bigger, even better, um, even more fun and exciting new season of our podcast. So thank you all so much and all the best. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate us five stars and leave a review. It's great for my self-esteem. Thanks for joining us. And if you'd like to learn more about Catalyst, visit catalyst.io. Yes, I love you.